Some accidental discoveries are groundbreaking. It was a boy in 1945 who found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Biblical scholarship hasn't been the same. But other times, accidents are perfect parables for life. Two teenagers, two coins, and a gospel story. I can't imagine finding something as special as this again. 17-year-old Reese Pickering, a Brit from Norfolk. He didn't expect to find this silver coin dating to 1066. He and his father had only found rubbish in their hobby of digging and metal detecting on neighboring farms. The coin dates back to Harold II. Only two others are known to exist. A month later, Walter Taylor, 16, found a Harold I coin dating to the 1100s. He's been at it since he was four, and this find was most special. It's not groundbreaking, it's a parable. The kingdom of Christ is like that. You search your whole life, but once you find it, you'll never need to look for anything else. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus on this Monday, and this is a week called Pray for Keeps. I started praying about a week on prayer the end of last week, 250 hours before America holds a contentious general election. Canada, seeing a surge in what we are all so tired of, another wave of COVID-19. This week, we'll look at Daniel and his life of prayer to lead us to pray for keeps. This is what we need to do. And in just a moment, we'll look at how Daniel sought the face of the Lord even while living in exile himself. We can all learn from his desire to pray for keeps. Stay with me. We both need to hear from God's Word together. Now, through these last few weeks, listeners to this program were captivated by a new TV series called The Chosen. Eight programs in season one on a pair of DVDs on the life of Jesus as told by the disciples, men and women, who he called as his own. If you haven't responded, as so many already have, it's not too late. Season two is being filmed right now. We have all of season one for your gift to Haven Today. Call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or to watch some excerpts and see the significance for your life, you can visit our website and make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Then, with so much unknown with the outcome of an election, with an increase of COVID across North America and the world, call us after the program. For your gift of any amount, may we send you 30 ways to pray for people in authority. It's a large card with prayer prompts coming directly from Scripture. Keep it with your Bible. Use it every day, especially in the next few days. Ask for 30 ways to pray when you call or when you go online. And when you make contact with us, leave your prayer request. It would be our privilege to lift your needs before our Father in Heaven. And now let's open the program with Sovereign Grace from an album they called Prayers of the Saints. Oh God, we've seen your faithfulness. You brought us from the wilderness. But now our faith is frail and weak. Oh God of mercy, 
God of mercy, hear our plea. The name of the song by Sovereign Grace from an album called Prayers of the Saints. Here on Haven Today in a program called Pray for Keeps, I'm Charles Morris. We're at a turning point in the world today. As I started work on this message last week for today, I mentioned this earlier. America was 250 hours until a general election, November 3rd. But it's not just in America. I see it in Canada, in the Philippines, around the world. God's people are divided. Our future as we know it is uncertain. I'm not just talking politics. I'm talking the economy. I'm talking the newest wave of COVID. By now, most of us know at least one person who's caught it. A good chance someone we know has died. What do Christians do? Well, we don't just slug it out with other believers. My opinion is right. Your opinion is wrong. What do Christians do? We pray. This week, all week, pray for keeps. We're going to learn more about prayer from the life of Daniel. His native land of Judah, we learn not just from him, but from Jeremiah and Isaiah, had fallen apart, gone downhill. God's people had gone whoring after other gods, false gods. So, the God allowed the mighty but pagan Babylon to take the nation down. They didn't just cart off the gold from the temple. They took people with them. They led away the future, the best and the brightest young people. So here was this young man, Daniel, forced to leave the land of his birth, his country where at one time God came first. Call it what it was. It was servitude, slavery of a story. But worth mentioning, Daniel was faithful to his God, and three times every day this young man would fall on his knees, face Jerusalem through his open window, and pray. Daniel prayed for keeps. Now, typically, you study this book and you divide it into two parts. The first half of Daniel is what is called historical narrative. The second half is prophetic. Sometimes people dig into one or the other. Sometimes they hold Daniel up higher than they should. But Daniel was neither high nor holy, apart from the forgiveness and leadership he would receive from the Lord God in heaven. That's why this week we need to see ourselves in the life of Daniel, sinners in need of saving grace, grace that only God can give. And as you get a hint of this in Daniel, an Old Testament book sandwiched between the major prophet Ezekiel and the minor prophet Hosea, the overriding theme is summarized in a couple of places 
chapter 4, verse 17, chapter 5, verse 21, the Most High, meaning Almighty God, is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth. In every one of Daniel's visions, they always showed God as triumphant. The climax of his sovereign rule is described in Revelation. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, anointed one, and he will reign forever and ever. And one other area needs to be shared regarding Daniel before we talk about this man and his life of prayer. And this is most important. Jesus shows up in Daniel. You can flounder in your faith if you don't see this. The power of your prayer depends on finding this truth to be true. What I'm describing is the pre-incarnate arrival of the Messiah. You see it glimpsed more than once. You see it in the lion's den. You see it in the burning fire of the furnace. The pre-incarnate anointed one showing up to save his people. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Evil men were out to get him. They wanted to do him in. They concocted a plan that led to Daniel being unjustly thrown into a place of torture and execution, a den of hungry lions. We know he prayed. He always prayed. But when thrown into this place through evil intents, God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight, he told King Darius the next morning. But then there is an even more unusual divine appearance in Daniel's book. It happens early in chapter 3. Three fellow Jews, no doubt close friends of Daniel, who had also been led out from the promised land in a kind of bondage, were set up for a fall by more evil men. The king of the moment was angry and ordered a fiery furnace to be heated seven times hotter than normal. You hear a lot of sevens in Daniel. They were thrown into the fire so hot no one person could have possibly survived. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had refused to bow down and worship a false god. When the punishment was carried, King Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing furnace, and he was amazed. He asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They said, yes. But then the king said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And listen carefully to the text and the words of that king. The fourth looks like a son of the gods, lowercase g. And that's when Nebuchadnezzar, went up to the mouth of the furnace and called for the men to come safely out. And a pagan king paid homage to the one true living God, the God over the heavens and the earth, and even a fiery furnace in ancient Babylon, a pre-incarnate Jesus showing up and saving the day. And then while I'm on this train of thought, when you're deep into the prophecy of Daniel with a two-edged meaning, one meaning for the immediate future then, one meaning predicting a much later time borne out in Revelation. In Daniel 7, there is this vision in biblical Aramaic of a person to come in days ahead, starting with verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him 
was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. This is the first reference in all of Scripture to the Messiah as the Son of Man, a title that Jesus applied to himself. He would be enthroned as ruler over the whole earth, previously misruled by the four kingdoms that oppose God's kingdom, and his kingdom will never be destroyed, whether on earth or whether in heaven. There is so much to get excited over in the book of Daniel, but this week we're thinking about prayer that keeps. Listen to Daniel pray in Daniel 9, 3 through 5. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Notice, Daniel got on his knees and confessed his sin first. He didn't just blame others for the problems in the land of his birth from which he had been taken. He prayed for his own sinful heart foremost and first. Then he confessed the sins of the people. What a lesson to learn today in this hour. You and I need to pray for keeps. And that's what we will see all this week on Haven Today, and what we learn from God's Word speaking with force to us from Daniel 9. So little time, such busy lives we live. But let me finish with what happens before his personal confession and prayer. I set my face toward the Lord. That's how we pray, and pray for keeps. Yes, we confess our own sins first, and then we confess the sins of those around us, including the sins of our land. But ahead of even that, we set our face toward the Lord as we pray in the name of Jesus. So, since we're on the topic, why don't we pray right now? Lord in heaven, may we learn from Daniel 600 years before the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to walk on this face of the earth. Lord, may we learn how he prayed and confessed his sins first and then prayed for the sins of the people. Lord, may we cast our eyes on you first and foremost. May we not lose sight that this kingdom that is coming from our Savior is a kingdom that will last. It's a kingdom that was born out on the cross as death was paid for the sins of us all. The death of shed blood and then the robing of all his people who would ever call in his name to be saved, to be robed in righteous clothing, whiter than snow. A time for all of us to never forget as we look forward to your coming again. May we learn to pray this week so much going on around us right now. Bad things going on around us right now. A place where many of us, even believers, never thought that we would be. 
And yet, Lord, you've promised to hear our prayers and answer. May we learn from Daniel, where even as he prayed in Daniel 9, we learn that he started to pray, and even then, the answer was dispatched by way of the angel Gabriel. Lord, we need to hear from you today. We need confidence in you and not in ourselves. Be with us now. Have mercy upon us, not just for what we have done, but for what we will do in days to come as we pledge our allegiance to you and you alone, first and foremost, in Jesus' name. Amen. For what we have done and left undone, we fall on your countless mercies. For sins that are known and those unknown, we call on your name so holy. For envy and pride, for closing our eyes.
Matt Boswell and Matt Papa, Lord have mercy. Now that is a song we need to hear today on this Haven Today called Pray for Keeps. We opened the program mentioning the last few weeks, listeners to this program captivated by a new TV series called The Chosen. Eight programs in season one coming on a pair of DVDs on the life of Jesus from the perspective of the disciples, first century men and women who he called as his own. If you haven't responded as so many already have, it's still not too late. Season two is being filmed right now. And we have all of season one for your gift to Haven Today. Call us right now, would you? At 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch some excerpts and see the significance of this series for your life today. And you can do that by visiting our website and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Then, with so much unknown with the outcome of an election, with an increase of COVID across North America as well as the world, call us right now. For your gift of any amount, may we send you 30 ways to pray for people in authority. It's a large card with prayer prompts coming directly from Scripture. Keep it with your Bible. Use it every day, especially in the next few days. Ask for 30 ways to pray when you call or when you go online. And when you get in touch with us, leave us your prayer request. It would be our privilege to lift your needs before our Father in Heaven. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday. Would you come back again tomorrow? We'll learn more from the life of Daniel on how to pray, and we'll do it in light of the great story. That's all about Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Adoption is a beautiful thing, but have you ever realized the only reason adoption exists is because of sin? After all, what makes someone an orphan but death, abuse, abandonment? Symptoms of a fallen world, a world Christ died to redeem. And if you follow Jesus, you've already experienced a type of adoption yourself into the family of God, which is why, to this day, Christians are champions of adoption. Romans 8.15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You can grow closer to Him through time in His Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.